Hello everyone, it's Mark Goodacre here. Thanks for downloading and thanks for listening to the NT Pod, the podcast all about the New Testament and Christian origins. In this episode, episode 4, we're going to be asking the question, does Paul refer to testicles in 1 Corinthians 11.15? There's been a bit of a gap since episode 3 of the NT Pod because I've been travelling. One of the places I went to was Rome, where I was giving a paper at the Society of Biblical Literature International Meeting in the Pauline Epistles section. And the topic of my paper was the passage in Paul, 1 Corinthians 11, where he's talking about the question of head covering in worship and whether or not women should be wearing veils in public. Now, it's a really perplexing passage because he apparently says in the earlier part of the passage that women should wear head coverings in public. And then in verse 15, he goes on to say that a woman's hair is given to her for a covering or instead of a covering. So why the apparent contradiction? Well, one solution to this problem was given by Troy Martin in an interesting article written in the Journal of Biblical Literature in 2004. Martin proposed that people have been translating this verse wrong for uh, many, many years, and that the correct translation is not, for her hair is given to her for a covering, but rather is, for her hair is given to her instead of a testicle. The word that he is translating differently from usual is a word in Greek, peribolion, usually to throw around, something like that, a covering, a mantle, a veil, something like that. And he thinks that this new translation makes sense because of ancient attitudes to the way that people thought about sexuality and the way that they wore their hair and so on. So to quote a little bit from Troy Martin's article, he writes as following. This ancient physiological conception of hair indicates that Paul's argument from nature in 1 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15 contrasts long hair in women with testicles in men. Paul states that appropriate to her nature, a woman is not given an external testicle, but rather hair instead. Paul states that long hollow hair on a woman's head is her glory because it enhances her female nature, which is to draw in and retain semen. Since female hair is part of the female genitalia, Paul asks the Corinthians to judge for themselves whether it is proper for a woman to display her genitalia when praying to God. In other words, Martin is suggesting that for Paul, displaying your hair in public as a woman is tantamount to turning up at church without any underwear on. Could Martin be right? Could this be what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 11.15? Does it explain why it is that we find this passage in our contemporary culture so puzzling? Well, it all comes down to whether or not Martin is right about the translation of this key word peribolion in Greek. And this is what my paper in Rome was all about. I wanted to argue that, in fact, there is no justification at all for translating peribolion as testicle. Let me try to explain why. When you translate something in the New Testament, if you have an unusual kind of translation, one of the things that you have to do is you have to try and demonstrate that the translation that you're going for is actually justified by looking at other writers, other texts having the same thing. So what uh, Martin does is he pulls out two texts which he think justify the translation peribolion as meaning testicle. But unfortunately, neither of them really shows a clear case of peribolion meaning testicle. The first is from the writer Euripides in his uh, writing uh, Heracles. And there what's happening 
is in, in context, Euripides is talking about how Hercules has received his vestures of youthful flesh. And he's using the term vestures as a, as a kind of metaphor for picking up the, the kind of the, the flesh of your youth. And, and no one here translates that word vestures as testicles. Uh, you can go through 10 or 15 uh, translations of this stuff and you'll never find anyone translating it the way that Martin does. So it's very unlikely that uh, Martin's picked on the right kind of translation of Euripides. His other example is from an author called Achilles Tatius who wrote uh, a piece, an erotic romance called The Adventures of Leucippa and Clitophon. But there when the word parabolai occurs, the word is referring metaphorically to the embracings of the leaves, the overlappings of the leaves, in a passage that's generally about this wonderful garden that the hero and heroine are walking through. So it doesn't mean uh, testicle there either. And even if it weren't for the fact that these two texts that Martin provides are so weak to give uh, as a basis for this new translation, there's something very unusual about the idea that Paul would be saying in 1 Corinthians 11:15 that her hair is given to her instead of a testicle. He would have used the plural. He wouldn't, even if it were the right word. And another thing that's relevant here is that there were perfectly good words for uh, the male genitalia that Paul could have used, and peribolion isn't one of them. So I conclude that while Troy Martin's article is very interesting, it doesn't actually solve the old problem of 1 Corinthians 11, 1 to 16, and that one of the traditional translations, like her hair is given to her for a covering, is actually preferable. If you were hoping that I would solve the problem and provide a nice new translation of my own, then I'm afraid you'll be disappointed. Sometimes in scholarship, it's about testing theories and finding other people's ideas wanting when you go back and look at the text with care. Well, thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the NT Pod. You can find me on the web at podacre.blogspot.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Goodacre. Or you can find the pod on iTunes or Duke University's iTunes U. Your feedback's gratefully received, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon.